0: This is Jack Carr, bringing you 11 special episodes of the Terminal List podcast, to Danger Close, to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the Prime Video Series. Last year, I sat down with showrunner David DiGiulio and my friend, SEAL teammate, producer, and actor Jared Shaw, to break down each episode and bring you behind-the-scenes information from the Amazon Prime Video Adaptation of my first novel. This series features eight episode recaps and breakdowns, two listener question episodes, and a conversation with Chris Pratt. Enjoy. Over 60 men were killed in the worst special operations disaster in modern Residents history. Residents of Coronado, California, were shocked by the brutal murder of Lauren Reese and her three-year-old daughter. Lieutenant era. Commander James Reese survived the ambush, but is under investigation. Welcome to the Terminal List Podcast, an Ironclad original series presented by Kansas City Cattle Company. Veteran-owned and operated. I'm Jack Carr, author and creator of the Terminal List series. On today's episode, I'm going to respond to some viewer listener questions and some critical reviews. Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Is there anything from the series that you liked better than how you wrote it in the book? Very good question. For example, I loved what the series did with Ben Edwards and how they finished it with him versus the novel. You know, I love your books, my friend. Thank you. Um, Yes, I actually really did like that. And I like how that played out uh, visually. Um, That was one of the things that I really liked about the the uh, series on Amazon Prime um, over the novel. Um, Gosh, it was so it was so cool to have someone like David DiGilio, the showrunner who's on previous episodes of this podcast, along with Jared Shaw, and have those uh, outside kind of Viewpoints, kind of like in the military when you plan something and then you have someone red sell it from the outside uh, so you can make it better. Uh, Well, same thing here. We had Chris, we had Antoine, we have David Agilio, we had the writer's room, we had Jared Shaw. um, And I really do think that in uh, a lot of the cases they built upon this foundation, which was what we wanted to do from the beginning, whether to tie any changes to these foundational elements. So uh, I think we uh, we accomplished that, and most of the time authors are not super thrilled with the adaptation of their work, which is probably why they like to get rid of the author right away, so that he's not there on set yelling, uh, you ruined my vision. Um, so, uh, But I got to be involved, which was really cool, to be involved from the get-go and work together and to collaborate and to create this eight-part series that you, you have now. So, so yes, there are definitely things in the series that I like better than Uh, than how they're portrayed in the novel for sure. Was it surreal seeing the books actually play out on the screen? Uh, Yeah, it really was. Um, But uh, maybe not in the way that you think, because uh, it wasn't like this was done and I had no idea what was happening with it. And then I sat down and I watched it. It was more that uh, I was involved with every step of this process, uh, collaborating with these amazing people along the way with this incredible team that had such trust together from the very beginning. but, uh, but it was super cool when it launched and when it dropped a few hours early. Um, it was supposed to come out on a Friday. It came out on a Thursday a few hours early. And, uh, and I caught it that it came out and posted about it. And it was just uh, that, that moment was, uh, was really cool. And then it was, uh, you know, before uh, that, the week before that, going to the premiere and sitting in the theater with all those people um, and seeing it there with family and friends and everybody was, um, was really cool. So, uh, Yeah. Couldn't be more thrilled. If there is a season two, would it be called the Terminal List Season Two? Or True Believer? And you're just gonna have to wait and see. I guess we all are. <laughs> so uh yeah, right now, depending on when you're listening to this, of course. Um, they're in negotiations figuring it out, and hopefully they can. But you know, hey, if not, I'm just thrilled that uh that we got a season and and uh yeah, couldn't couldn't be more pleased with everything. All right, here we go. Not sure if this question has been answered, but I know someone must have asked if Chris Pratt was unavailable for the role of James Reese, who was up next? And that's interesting because uh, Chris Pratt optioned it before the book even hit shelves, and he's the person that I thought of as playing James Reese as I wrote the novel. So um, there really was not Another choice um, in the future. So, let's, let's take the Tom Clancy novels. You have Jack Ryan having been played um, by Alec Baldwin, by Harrison Ford, by Ben Affleck, by uh, Chris Pine, um, and then now the new Jack Ryan series on um, on Amazon as well. So, what was that? Five. So. Other people can play play roles like this, depending on, uh, on uh, I guess, audience reception and, you know, what producers want to do and who owns the rights and all sorts of things. So, um, But for me, as I was writing it, Chris had not done Guardians yet, had not done Jurassic World, uh, not been in Avengers, obviously. He was uh, Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec, and he played a SEAL in Zero Dark Thirty. So I got to see that transformation, and I just knew he was the, the right guy for the role. And uh, he was inherently likable on and off screen from the outside looking in. And I had no idea that I had a, a connection to him at the time. Uh, luckily, I did. That ended up being very convenient. Thank you, Jared Shaw. And if uh, if you have questions about that, you can go back to the, the first episode of this podcast series where we talk about how all this came to be. So Chris Pratt was the guy, and uh, he absolutely knocked it out of the park, crushed it, exceeded expectations at every turn. Um, but I knew he would. Let's see. Out of all the action sequences in the show, which one would you say you're most proud of? That is a great question as well. Uh, those tunnels in the first scene, working with Antoine there on set, all my SEAL buddies right there, uh, seeing how they flooded the lot at Paramount and built that tunnel complex. That was really cool and uh, provided a, a challenging environment in which to, to film and have explosions and, and all the rest of it. So that was, uh, that was really cool to see. Um, I really like the last last one cuz you get to to see Chris really just crushing mag changes uh, and changes shoulders with that that M4 um, man it was just all I, I don't know they're all uh, I, love, I love something about each and every one of them i guess so let's see next one could you please discuss in detail the firearms training that Chris Pratt received? His pistol draws, reloads, weapon transitions, and movement looked spot on. You are correct. Well, this was all filmed at the height of COVID. There were all sorts of restrictions in place, and uh, so we couldn't put like a boot camp type thing together ahead of time. Luckily, Chris has a solid foundation of... On which to build. And we had uh, military personnel there on set, I should say, veterans there on set, um, helping work through all that, training with the actors on all this. Uh, Raymond Doza is the technical advisor, Jared Shaw is an actor producer and tech advisor on it. Uh, We had Max Adams there too, former Army Ranger. He was a uh, second unit director, uh, producer, and writer on the show. So those three guys were there each and every day to make sure that everything stayed grounded in reality and got to work with these guys. So um, Ray Mendoza in particular of War Office Productions, um, he really worked with Taylor on that shotgun in episode four. So you get to see, uh, see Taylor rocking that shotgun, which is really cool to see on film, Uh, but having all those guys on set. So we had a ton of seals there in that first episode because it's a seal platoon there. And um, a lot of those guys I'd serve with in the seal teams. So they got to work with the actors too, and give them little hints here and there. But uh, yeah, Chris just, uh, just rocked it. But because of the COVID restrictions, it was pretty much on the job training. So yeah. All right. Up next, my response to negative reviews. Let's do this. Negative reviews of the Terminalist series on Amazon Prime starring Chris Pratt. Here we go. Well, before I do that, so the Rotten Rotten Tomatoes has it. I think the uh, score from critics is like 39. Critics do not like this for some reason. Interesting. And uh, audience score, 95%. That's crazy. So, uh, you know, when we started this and I sat down with Chris and Antoine and the showrunner, what we really wanted to do was to make a show that spoke to those who went downrange to Iraq and Afghanistan and other places around the world uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, We wanted those veterans to be able to sit on the couch and maybe crack a beer and sit back and watch a show that spoke To them, so uh, we wanted this thing rooted in the realities of modern combat. Even though it's a Hollywood production, there's going to be Hollywood things that happen uh, for sure. But uh, we wanted to keep it rooted in the realities of modern combat and capture the mindset of a warrior. And so that's what we we set out to do. And if the uh, the texts and uh, messages that I'm receiving from people uh, that have done a lot of work since 9 11 and are that way tougher critics than anybody at the the Daily Beast or the Guardian, uh, especially when it comes to this sort of thing uh to get the text messages and the phone calls that uh that i've been getting that jared has been getting um about this show and capturing that warrior mindset um yeah that 95 percent uh audience rating speaks to that so um yeah i think we 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 at least got close to accomplishing that goal Have you tried Kansas City Cattle Company? If not, why not? Get after it. Here we go. Kansas City Cattle Company. That's KCCattleCompany.com. Check them out. Veteran owned and operated. Look at this right here. They have Wagyu beef flat iron steak. This is delicious. One of my favorites. All sorts of steaks. Don't have the fillets out here because I ate them all. Same thing with the tomahawks, which are incredible. And what else do we have? Wagyu beef bavette. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the bavette, B-A-V-E-T-T-E steak, highly recommended. Absolutely love this cut right here. If you haven't heard of this cut, go to that website, kccattlecompany.com. Check it out. And what is this one here? This is the Wagyu Beef Kansas City Strip Steak, also a favorite. And then the kids love burgers made with this stuff. So this is the Wagyu Beef right here. Amazing burgers with this. Uh, all sorts of stuff on that side. Here we go, beef chorizo right here. But uh, go check them out for sure, veteran-owned and operated again. And that is Company.com slash Jack Carr and use code Jack jackcar15. That's J-A-C-K-C-A-R-R. 15. Check them out for sure. Veteran owned and operated. Love these guys. Awesome stuff. In fact, I am going to go fire up the smoker right now and throw something on. Thanks guys. All right, here we go. The daily beast. Hmm. This title here is Chris Pratt's. The terminal list is an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy which is strange because I think the only thing right-wing about it is that the protagonist is uh, strong, competent with weapons and tactics and holds those in power accountable. Maybe that's making some people nervous because that can be unsettling to some, including senior members of the military, uh, who continue to fail upward, which is what we've seen over the last 20 years. Uh, Let's see. This article here was written by someone named Nick Schlagler. Never heard of him. It starts with something cool. It says Rambo mode in red. I thought that was a good start, Daily Beast. But then it devolves. Here we go. Calling it a gung-ho, macho action drama. <laughs> and then comes off as a wet dream for militia-minded anti-establishment kooks replete with Pratt's performance as a Navy SEAL who responds to injustice by murdering the guilty with extreme prejudice. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I think these negative reviews... going to get a lot more viewers watching this show than uh if the daily beast had liked it (laughs) certainly because when we set out we certainly did not set out with the goal of uh hoping that the daily beast would like it or trying to get the daily beast to like it that was we wanted the opposite of that so um so i love these reviews let's see what do we have here there is some serious danger to the terminal list courtesy of its excessive take on military conspiracy genre the single mindedness of the character warps an otherwise straightforward payback narrative into something dark and disturbing. Oh, so, this person <laughs> wanted a more straightforward payback narrative. Huh. Let's see pandering to Red State viewers with routine references to beer, guns, country music, and hunting. It does not sound like much fun over there at the Daily Beast. They are not fans of beer, guns, country music. Or hunting, apparently. Uh, good thing that their ancestors were, otherwise, they would not be here today. All right, how about this next part here? It says, It feels like numerous generic pot boilers targeted at men who dream of taking up arms against a system that preys upon both the innocent and the servicemen and women who risk their lives to protect it. Yeah, yeah good. good astute observation there, Nick. Yet, Its one uniquely prickly element is Pratt's Reese, a hardened warrior who has no qualms about fatally felling his enemies and goes about repeatedly proving that during every violent showdown. Well, that's kind of the point, but okay. (laughs) Not gonna talk this out. Uh, Reese's methodical viciousness is so over the top and uncomplicated by considerations of right and wrong that the series serves as a celebration of whatever it takes. Brutality carried out by an individual who's appointed himself judge, jury, and executioner. Once again, Nick, these are not astute (laughs) observations, my friend. Pratt's protagonist is a modern-day Rambo. Nice. I don't know if you mentioned the tomahawk in there. Mm Mm-hmm. 21st century Rambo knife. All right. All right. Uh, and while that means there's little suspense to the proceedings, we know Reese is correct about his suspicions and that his enemies are villains who deserve their fates. His lack of inhibition makes him more than just a cardboard cutout Navy SEAL, allowing Pratt tapped into a strain of bloodthirst that's far removed from his typical good guy shtick. Once again... Not telling us much here, Nick. Come on, let's see what you have here in this next paragraph. The terminalist decision to posit Reese's reign of terror as virtuous is ultimately its defining characteristic. Affording a window into a conservative America mindset that views the government as inherently corrupt. Now, where would we get the impression that the government is inherently corrupt? Mm. And Lone Wolf military men is the only figures capable of making the world. A more honorable place. I am justice, pronounces Reese toward the end of this modern warfare style rampage. And the lasting impression left by his Odyssey. Ooh, I like that you use Odyssey in there. Nick, point for you. Is that it's been crafted to appeal to a target demographic that relishes the idea of grabbing a machine gun, sniper rifle, and battle axe. Yes, you did mention the axe. And overthrowing the crooked status quo and its shadowy, profiteering leaders. There's no arguing that such a tact has been taken countless times before, but in our current domestic socio-political climate, one's tolerance for such rebellious fantasies may vary. Ooh, man. Nick, not really a rebel, buddy. Mm, All right. There we go. I'd still have a beer with you, though. Well, I forgot. Don't like beer. Well, glass of wine. Perhaps a champagne. You can have the champagne. I'll have the beer. All right. Slate. Title. Chris Pratt's new show is a right-wing fantasy, but that's not the worst part. It's not the worst part. Rebecca Onion? Well, Rebecca. As James Reese's creator, Jack Carr, himself a former SEAL with just the kind of bearded, glun-slinging author photo that you'd expect, (laughs) described the story in the preface to the first book in his Terminal List series, It is about what could happen when societal norms, laws, regulations, morals, and ethics give way for a man of extraordinary capability, hardened by war, and set on a course of reckoning. A man who is, for all practical purposes, already dead. Rebecca, this is starting strong. This is starting strong. The answer to that question will not surprise you. That man, played drawn and weary, by a gray-faced Pratt travels far and wide, a motley crew of allies in tow to interrogate and then murder gang members, lawyers, financiers, and military personnel in a variety of creative ways. The conspiracy that killed his team gets revealed by bloodshed and plenty of it. Yeah, yeah, Rebecca, I think we can be friends. Here we go. Yes, it's another invitation to worship at the altar of the Navy SEALs who have become, in the decades after 9-11, are culture industries, warrior saints, which isn't good. Yeah. Well, you may be right about that. And if you think the show is bad, the book, which is fast paced and bloody and replete with descriptions of weaponry and gear is worse. All right. I take it back or back. Maybe we can't be friends. Just kidding. Just kidding. Pratt and showrunner, David DiGiulio toned this thing way down for Amazon prime time. Carr tells you right off the bat in his book that it's about a consolidation of power at the federal level that he sees as a danger to freedom, in quotes. Hmm, yeah, that's pretty much true. Read the preface to my novel. Reese's ally in journalism is trustworthy because of her work exposing the lies and cover-ups that followed the Benghazi fiasco. Yes, that's true. Reese even drinks Black Rifle coffee in the morning, tempered with some cream and honey. And in parentheses, she writes, that last part sounds good, and I'm going to try it. Rebecca, I had a feeling we could be friends. Yes, that is how I take my coffee too. The Terminal List is a classic American fantasy about the goodness of the seals, the corruption of high-level government officials and corporate shills, and the purifying quality of righteous violence. That's a good last line. I, uh, yeah, well done, Rebecca. Well done. Uh, <laughs> all right, and then let's see, what else do we have here? Just a couple more here. RogerEbert.com calls it an alpha male cry for help. RogerEbert.com. Let's see. Uh, EW's assessment is that Pratt's version of traumatized seriousness is all vacant stares and bicep rage. The Hollywood Reporter says the Target demo watched the series in order to see patriotically waving flags and substance-free military jargon once again a lot of these critics not liking the flags at all well at least in this one no one mentioned the uh uh, don't tread on me flag like in the last review didn't have to go back to the 1700s to take the side of the british so at least i can appreciate a little bit of that anyway all right one of these reviews even asked the question that someone had asked about the books previously very very similar anyway they said what do you even call a show like this question mark. And they didn't mean it in a nice way. And, uh, as with the books, you know, you call this thing, the number one show on Amazon prime video. And just like with the books, I answered it the same way. You call it a number one, New York times bestseller. So thank you to everybody who made this the number one show on Amazon Prime Video. And thank you to everyone who made the novels number one New York Times bestsellers. I sincerely appreciate it. And I cannot wait to get book six out there this coming spring, spring of 2023. Thank you so much for joining me on the Terminal List podcast, an Ironclad original series presented by veteran-owned and operated Kansas City cattle company you can follow me on the social channels at jack car usa official that is the website you can sign up for the newsletter there and you can click on shop for the merch and if you enjoyed this podcast be sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts until the next time take care out there say safe be strong keep fighting